we are live. Welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is February 23rd here for episode 18 of 30 Rack of Sports. Today on 30 Rack, we're going to talk a little MLB spring training, some Cavs, some Jackets, some college basketball, maybe discuss a little fight that happened last night. But first, we get into our introductions. I am Greg, the talent, the man who gets things going. Across from me is a man, the opinionated one, the man whose opinion matters about as much as these spring training games. Zach, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, Greg. I'm excited to be here. Whoa. Up and early, ready to go at a 7.30 at night on a Sunday. Exactly. And to my right on the ones and twos, man who has about as about as much leverage in this podcast as Joe Burrow has to not go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. It's Josh. Josh, how's it going? Are you saying I have no say in things and I have no leverage? Because that's actually, you know, that's what it is. So yes, no, no leverage. That's exactly what it is. That's the joke. Josh is the main bitch of the groups. Ouch. Are we throwing <laughs> shots early tonight? Josh, always. Hey, we're throwing shots. All the time here on 30 Rack of Sports. But you know what else we're doing all the time on 30 Rack of Sports? Drinking beer? Drinking, drinking beer? beer. Did I get it? And I believe this week yeah. it was your beer, Josh. So what are we drinking on this fine Sunday oh, evening? I literally did get it. That's right. Um, we are drinking a beer called Lumberjane from Goldhorn. It's Lumberjane, you dumbass. That's what I said. You said Lumberjane. Lumberjane, Lumberjane, Lumberjim. Lumber Jerry, Lumber Josh, Lumber Jack, Lumber Jack. Yeah, he, I can keep going, but they named it Lumber Jane, an American pale ale. It is from Goldhorn Brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. Shout out to the Root Cellar, home of over 700 varieties of beer in Kenwood, Ohio. Wow, that's almost 701 I'm not varieties. Crazy. He said Lumber Jean, right? No, Greg. I'm pretty sure Goodbye, he said Lumber, Lumber Jean. I think he said Jean. Well, it's Jane, and it's delicious. I love it. Mmm. It is. You definitely see the nice flavor. pale aliness of it. Once again, a good beer. We're still waiting to have a really bad beer so we can always You just oh, wait. Oh, my God. Next week's my week. I'm going hunting. You're going hunting? Get like a jalapeno citrus beer. Oh, do that. Yeah, get like a jalapeno stout or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I chocolate stout. Jalapeno I have some. Yeah, jalapeno chocolate stout. Get one. I have some thoughts, okay? I have some thoughts. We'll see what comes about. It's going to be a wild podcast next week, but... We're going tame this week with an American pale ale, yeah. so... Something other than an IPA, at least. <laughs> basically the same that thing as an IPA. Yeah. It's the American But it's American, version. yeah. It's American. And, most important, it's Ohio brewed. That is true. Ohio brewed, uh, the Ohio, it's got the Ohio Craft, Independent Craft label on it. Uh, we'll read more about it later. I think we have some uh, some news, some headlines to get to here for Ohio sports, though. Yeah, Ohio brews for some Ohio news coming Whoa. up. Ooh. Alrighty, so first off, in Ohio news, MLB spring training underway. Yeah! Unfortunately, the first game yesterday between the Reds and the Indians was postponed 
because of rain in Arizona, believe it or not. Uh, in their first games today, the Indians beat the Kansas City Royals, and the Reds dropped the game against the Chicago White Sox. Aww. Opening day in just 32 days, guys. So excited. So very excited. From the dirt to the ice, the Columbus Blue Jackets had another rough week going 0-1-3 this week with one overtime and two shootout losses. The Jackets are now 0-3-5 in their last eight games and now are tied with the Islanders in Carolina for the two wildcard spots in the East and have played more games than both of them. The Cavs 1-1 since returning from break with their new coach, J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, nice comeback win, 113-108 at Washington, but a 124-105 loss at Miami that wasn't even that close during D-Wade's jersey retirement ceremony. In college basketball, the Flyers 2-0 again this week, one of the few top 10 teams to uh, go flawless this week with wins versus VCU and Duquesne, now up three games in the Atlantic 10 with just four games left. Obi Toppin, of course, the... Uh, the engine that makes that flyer machine go with uh, 20, averaging 26-2 this week. Uh, Cincinnati 1-1 one one this week with a two-overtime loss that really stung against a shorthanded Central Florida team but bounced back with a win against Wichita State. This breaks the uh, a tied NCAA record of four straight overtime games. And all seven February games that the Bearcats played in were either one-possession games or were decided in overtime. They started Sunday as the first team out in the tournament, so hopefully get back in with a big win over Wichita. Ohio State also won and won this week, taking a tough loss at Iowa, uh, bouncing back with a huge win over number 7 Maryland, 79-72. Luther Muhammad, the high point man with 22-5-2. Xavier... Uh, also one and one this week with a win at St. John's, but a loss versus Villanova at 64-55. The Musketeers are now one and eight versus current ranked teams and entered Sunday as one of the last four teams with a bye per ESPN. Big games coming up in the MAC and the Bro Ryzen Tuesday. Akron at Bowling Green, top two teams in the MAC East, both 11 and three in conference, and then Friday, Wright State travels just over the border to Northern Kentucky for a matchup of the top two teams in the horizon guys that is the news zach i'm sure i have an idea where you guys want to, or where you might want to start spring training underway yeah yeah i'm excited uh it's the best time of the year almost opening day is the best time of the year but um yeah some weird weather though in arizona i would have thought it would rain there in the desert but it was raining like crazy. It was, but. yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm excited. I'm sure Josh is excited as well. We're kind of the baseball guys here. I could sit and watch like minor league baseball or spring training all day. I could just sit there and yeah, I was drink. I was bummed that uh that you couldn't. Uh, well, yesterday's game got rained out. Yeah, yeah. Would have thought. Um, and then yeah, today I would have liked to listen <clears> to the game. But at least hey, we got baseball playing finally. Um, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, obviously the Reds got smacked today, but you know, first it's it's first, nice first out with first everything kind of going on in the off season. It's kind of a <clears throat> interesting yet crazy one, so it's kind of nice to get back into the games and yeah, you know, obviously see see what the guys got, see some of the new faces. Like uh, Shogo went one for three yesterday, so uh, or one for three today. One of the new ads for the Reds, couple new guys for the Indians getting game. some opportunities. You go Shogo, Get and then. Out. 
And, you know, a few new guys, uh, what, Delano DeShields Jr. and whatnot for the Indians. So a number of yeah. guys, uh, you know, getting in. So interesting to see what happens. Like I said, just 32 days till opening day. So things just starting to ramp up here in baseball. Um, from the dirt to the hardwood. I guess we'll start with the most recent game that I just watched the end of Ohio State getting a big win versus number seven, Maryland, 79-72, one and one this week, but a big week for them. Luther Muhammad coming up big with 22 points. The Buckeyes really seem to be kind of rounding into form at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Honestly, the way I look at um, kind of all college basketball right now, no one's good on the road. And so, you know, Ohio State played a tough game against Iowa that they dropped there, and then they come back to Bayou City and, um, you know, get the job. I mean, that's a, that's a big one, seven. You know, number seven, Maryland, who's been pretty consistent all year. So um, still that inconsistency, but I think, you know, they had that dip there for a while where they were mediocre to okay, and now getting more kind of mediocre to, to really good. So, um you know, at this point, I think, obviously, we're just kind of waiting on the tournament. You know, they're they're out of the regular season championship. They're not going to be able to win that. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're one, uh, playing better. You know, Weston's been more consistent. Muhammad's come back around. So, yeah, you know, they had five guys in double figures, I think, today. Yeah, and, they, you know, they're back to 500 in the conference, which you like to see, kind of rounding into form, getting some wins over, you know, some good teams. Like we said, you know, Maryland number seven. One of the you know top teams, not just only in the league but in the nation. So right. they look to be a team that you know if they can get what you expect out of the ceiling, the still whole there. team. Yeah, they have a high ceiling. So you, you I mean if if Weston's play, I mean Weston was playing very well. You know, just around the rim, just mm-hmm. altering shots and whatnot. Like I said, Muhammad had twenty two, uh, Andre Weston had twelve. So just a lot of guys being able to you know make a difference from you know one spot or another so something really cool to see josh going over to the southwest part of the state i know you were at the game on wednesday which was a heartbreaker versus ucf but bearcats able to get it done what's your thoughts on this team and their tournament chances uh after this week um well yeah you talked of you mentioned it in the headlines that cincinnati and lenardi's bracketology was part of was the first team out um, and then Wichita State was part of the last four in. So No, they actually moved up to a 10 seed okay. going into today, yeah. That so, was earlier this week. So. so UC's beat them twice now. Um, but on the flip side, UC, uh, UC has had some bad losses like the UCF loss. Um, that sucked to be there. That was my first uh, time going to a game this year. And uh, I'll tell you what, the American Conference is just extremely exciting right now, whether you know your team's on the – right side of it or not. Uh, I don't think you're always going to be on one side in this conference, but I'd have to think that UC can make the tournament, especially after today's win. I think beating Houston next week would be, would kind of lock it in for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah, I think there's kind of similar. To, I don't think they have the ceiling Ohio state does obviously, but, um, and again, another team where you start thinking, yeah, you know, we're getting there. We're going to turn this corner. And, they, I mean, they have to an extent. Obviously, they start off the year very rough. But you're still seeing that incon- – I think you just see that across college basketball, though, right now, just the general inconsistency yeah. of everybody where – Yeah, and I think even for UC, you see it, you know, possession to possession. And they look like a team that's, you know, world beaters. You know, they get up by 
on UConn by 10, let them back into the game, get up on ECU by a bunch, let them back into the game. Even in the Wichita State game, you know, they got up, they were down by a few, they went on some 8-0 runs, kind of let them, you know, back in. Game got very close there at the end, and it's just one of those things you can show, you know. No team's really dominant, and every team's kind of playing, you know, here and there. Like I said, for, you know, Cincinnati, they had, in all of January, they had two games that were decided by single digits. In um, in February, they had four overtime games, and six of the seven were, uh, you know, one-possession games. The only one that wasn't was a six-point game that went to overtime against Memphis. So, uh, yeah. you know, very difficult to see. Even, you know, playing this range of teams, playing a Houston down to an ECU, all these games are still really close. The Bearcats have unfortunately had the tough losses this year against teams that you wouldn't think they had lost to. Um, but they, they still have the 25th uh, hardest uh, schedule out there. Um, and playing in this conference, I mean, this end of this conference stretch has been brutal. And it's not just them. It's, uh, I mean, the Memphis and Houston game the other night, uh, the Houston and Tulsa game last week. You know, it's just nobody's safe in this conference right now, or in college basketball especially, but especially this conference. And I think playing in this conference and having these close games – I mean, they're not getting demolished. Um, you oh, know, no, it could be no. much worse. You know, they're gritting this these tough games out. Uh, so I think their chances, I don't think anybody needs to panic. Um, even if they lose to Houston next week, I don't think you need to panic yet. I mean, I think this is going to be one year in the tournament where you literally can throw a dart at yeah. the bracket. Any team, in my opinion, has a shot to get to the Final Four. It's just so much inconsistency. Like Gray saying, some teams possession possession or just game to game. Well, you don't know who's going to show up. And I know we're going to talk about it more later uh, when we pick uh, national championship picks. Um, But, yeah, it's just – I think there's a lot of teams that want to panic right now. um, And you're seeing a lot of movement on the bubble right now. I did see someone joking about uh, UCLA got a win over Colorado. Mick Cronin and them boys. Yeah, now Mick Cronin and them boys are looking like they're going to be one of the last in – uh, and I, they got the same record as UC, and I don't know. They have some terrible losses too. They, yep, yeah, they have some terrible losses too. And I'm just saying, I wouldn't mind driving up to UD Arena to watch UCLA versus UC in a play-in. Oh, that'd be that would, <laughs> that would be, be awesome, insane. Yeah, yeah you, you see, as of uh, right now, UCLA in the next four out, but only a half game back for the regular season conference title in the Pac-12. Going to the team that actually plays in UD Arena full time, <laughs> the Dayton Flyers. Them Flyers. Uh, once again, two big wins. You know, a little bit of a close game at VCU, able to kind of keep you know Duquesne at arm's length for most of the game. These guys, you know, they're at five. Uh, we'll get to it in the national segment, but you know, three of the top four teams lost at home. Right, they're gonna move up. They should be a team that moves up, and you know, they could be a team that we see with a one next to their name. I think they got a one if they went out, no? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think They're going to move up this some, week. With some help, yes. I think they'll they definitely the be in the top three. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they're they getting the help. help. I'm not saying they're not getting the help. If they continue to get the help and if they win out, then I have I don't have a problem with it. But I think uh, voters are not going to put an A-10 team as the number one team in the country. Yeah, well, it's, well, I'm just talking top four teams, like a one seed, but you also look at, you know, Gonzaga lost, but they still have the 
you know, people know who Gonzaga is. Sometimes having these teams that they don't really know that well, jumping I mean, over. Let's but not act like Dayton's just now. I mean, Dayton's always been a, a solid, a really good program. You remember them and Xavier always had those oh, yeah. great eight ten. That was a great eight ten route. I mean, they were both always. You know, I think Dayton in a way was a little bit of Xavier's little brother, kind of in that situation. But I mean, you know, it's not unheard of for Dayton. I mean, when I think of Dayton, I think basketball. I don't know. Maybe that's an Ohio bias kind of to it. Well, but. I mean, they host the first four, so obviously well, there's a good basketball outside culture. Outside of that, I mean, I think of the Flyers. You know, they've had some success. Yeah, and I mean, I think they're. I think they're. The momentum is just insane with Dayton right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obi Toppin broke the dunk record this week. He became the eighth uh, fastest to get to a thousand points. Yeah. Uh, you know, the excitement around him and being a being a draft pick and everything. I mean, this is high. I'm not saying star. this is. Yeah, the I highest mean, level they've been. Yeah, I mean, th- I think that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is just keep going. Take this momentum that you have into the tournament. And yeah, I think, sorry, I misunderstood your question earlier. They're definitely a top four seed in the tournament for sure. Unless there's nope, some. Nope, Josh is on record. As a, unless there's some crazy as collapse. I think Look, so. I don't know what you've been drinking here, but. That haterade. Probably that haterade, but Dayton right now in my high-level bracket that I've already completely written out has them as a number one seed. But you know what you should be drinking, Josh? Uh, I should be drinking some Lumberjane. He did say Lumberjane this time. Oh, I said Lumberjane No, I think you said Jane. Oh, I can't wait to listen back. You, yeah, We'll play it back. We'll go to video review or audio review with the Microsoft Surface. <laughs> Can we name drop that? I don't know. I don't know. No free ads. I'm sure, we'll hear from them in a couple No days. free ads. Alrighty, well, once again, bringing up the wonderful Goldhorn Brewing Lumberjane American Pale Ale from Cleveland. I like it. It's a nice change. Not that I didn't like the two IPAs from the past two weeks. They were amazing, but... You mean out of like the previous 17, the 15 yeah, IPAs? Yeah. Out of the... No, it is good. It's, uh, you know, the American uh, pale ale is a little bit, uh, a little smoother. Yeah. A little smoother than the yeah. India pale ale, so. Did you know Cleveland was nicknamed the Forest City? I did. Yes, I actually did know that. Because that's, that, that. that's come up with Indians changing their name. People are like, the, Indi- the Cleveland Forest is what I saw some people say. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Ah, see, see, it says uh, they're staying true to the roots of the Forest City. Goldhorn presents Lumberjane, an easy-drinking American pale ale that refreshes after a long workday with hints of citrus, caramel, and piney notes that transport you right back to the vast forest of Cleveland's emerald necklace. Ah. So much po- so much poetry the last couple know, weeks on these, on these beers. I love it. Not yeah. only do we brew good beer in Ohio, we've got some poets. Yeah, we do. We do. Taste all those piney notes. I love piney notes, man. Don't make fun of the I piney t- notes. And I ever talked about someone to a wine tasting and they like singled me out to like dissect like the notes that I was supposed to be tasting and I was just like, it tastes like grapes or whatever. <laughs> and the guy's like, good, good. Tell me more. <laughs> No, expand, so, expand, yeah, expand. I don't know. I, I know I've been to a wine tasting, just not at one of the fancy Cali vineyards. Uh, it was a fancy Cali vineyard. But just at like, you know, one of the places around here, and they have the little like pie chart. And I'm like, what the hell's Tanner? 
I was like, I don't know. Tannin, like, you mean? Maybe. Maybe it's tannin. I, I don't think even it's know. Tannin. God, knows? Greg, get some class. All I, I know is I like class. I like the sweet wine. I can taste when it's sweet. I can taste when it's dry. That's about it. Do you smell it and you're like, it's a white, like Michael Scott? This is a white. It's a white. <laughs> this is white. <laughs> Uh, uh, but this is actually a great segue into uh, the beer news later, uh, refreshing as a walk in the woods. Um, we'll be talking about an interesting walk in the woods uh, in the next beer news segment. Whoa, that's what uh, we call a vertical D's, maybe. I don't know. I think it's, I just, <laughs> I think it's called foreshadowing, but you call it what you foreshadowing. want. I don't know. You know what I am calling right now that both of these pro sports teams in Ohio that are playing suck, stink. We yeah. start off, Josh, with the Jackets. Another yeah. winless week. So you don't want week. me to jump as the biggest Blue Jackets fan? Well, we'll game. let you start it in. <laughs> no. We'll let you start that. Can I just say I real know. quick that if you are the biggest Blue Jackets fan, boy, that's got to be stressful this season. <laughs> what a roller coaster, man. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, Jackets winless this week and winless in their last eight games, as we mentioned, have went from, uh, you know, one of the third place in the division all the way down to sixth, and now we're tied with the Islanders and the Hurricanes for uh, the final two wild card spots. Josh, what do you what has gone wrong for the Jackets? I have my ideas. Lots of things have gone wrong. Um, I. It's disappointing. It's crazy to me that they're still in. Uh, they, they still hold on to the last playoff spot. Um, I believe last I checked, or did they lose that with the loss to Nashville? Uh, they technically lost it. I right now because they've played more games than the Hurricanes and the Islanders. They're just out. But um, well, I think a lot of it is uh, a beaten back line, um, and uh, I think some of the uh, Magic Elvis luck. Has run out a little bit. Uh, they did just call up uh, uh, goalie Jonas uh, Corpusalo. Corpus back um, from his from IR. He's coming back. Um, so I think that will uh, give some break. You know, they went through that crazy stretch uh, with all those guys injured and put themselves into this position. Let's not forget how beaten up this team is. Yeah, I was going to say my the thing is when you're so beat up, you, you can get a little bump from it. But I think at this point, it's just. You know, they got some guys healthy, and then just a whole line of people got injured again. You know, Seth Jones on the defense, who's probably their best defender. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand is out now, you know, five weeks with an injury. Cam Atkinson's out. Obviously, getting Corpusalo back might help. But when you have so many injuries, and then you're also trying to, you know, play, you know, mix and match with all these different lines, trying to find out guys that, that work together you're going to get some bumps in the road and it's kind of hit them hard. And, you know, they've at least been able to take some points out of the last few games, yeah, but I mean, not getting wins hurts. If, if anything, you, you definitely, have, you, let, I concur. you have to like, I second that. Yeah. Uh, you have to look at the collective season right now and what they were able to accomplish, uh, and that point streak that they went on to put them in this position and they're still hitting on the bubble. I mean, this team was in the basement of the league a couple months ago uh, but you also have to look at the other side of the sword here. Uh, Zach Wierenski, uh, who is a defenseman, is the team's leading uh, offensive weapon right now with 18 goals on the season. So yeah, because everybody on the front line's been hurt. Yeah, so when your defenseman is your leading offensive weapon, not that's good. not good, folks. Not good. Not good. So they'll get people back. They got Corpusalo coming back. If they can break this streak and get some momentum going, that would help. But uh, – 
you know, stay on that bubble, stay relevant, try to get guys coming back. And I think uh, all hope is not lost for the Blue Jackets. Well, let's see if they can bounce back. Only game in the NHL tomorrow night is Senators at Blue Jackets. So hopefully Ottawa, they can. Ottawa, right? Ottawa. 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 So certainly will be something that we'll um, Ottawa, keep eh? in mind. Going to the hardwood, the Cavs returned from their uh, all-star break with a new coach. Coach J.B. Bickerstaff officially taking over for John Beeline. Yeah, speaking of a team with no hope. As he's... <laughs> Whoa, Josh was just waiting to pull that out. Um, but the Cavs, Beeline reassigned, Bickerstaff as the coach, able to come back from a dreadful first quarter against the Wizards to get a shocking 113 108 win against uh, the Wizards, followed by just an absolute drubbing. It says here they lost by 19 against Miami on D Wade reti- Jersey retirement night, but they were down by as much as I believe 30 to 40 at times. So defense has been even more atrocious than it was. So I guess, guys, what positives can we take for the rest of the season? Okay, first of all, they're rebuilding. Do you want me to play the Jeopardy song? Or? Crickets. Good. I think I got crickets. Um, you know, John Blair Bickerstaff is there. He's the coach for the foreseeable future. He's, he's JB's going to do what he does here. He's going to sit here for another two, three years. They're going to fire him eventually. Everybody needs to calm down. They're rebuilding. There's positives to this, right? Yeah. I Start think- the young kids. Yeah, and then... Sexton's playing better. Sexton's playing Garland's better. becoming a little bit more comfortable. Right, and they have some. They they have some nice pieces. Nothing that's gonna carry you, but you got to get them some experience. Right now, JB is a guy. He's been in the NBA. He knows how an NBA locker room works. You know, he was a coach at Memphis for a couple years. Um, before that, he was an interim in Houston. Yep. I mean, it's a guy. He he understands the NBA. I think it's a nice. You know, them hiring him with Beeline was a smart idea. And here's the thing: everybody knows, like Kobe Allman and them, and you know. Gilbert and everybody, they, when LeBron was there, they thrashed this roster. It was old. It was deteriorated. They didn't have any draft picks. They don't have any draft picks. So what did they get? They have a nice lottery pick this year. I, I Everybody needs to calm down at this point. This is all about playing for the future. This is similar in baseball to a situation when teams are tanking and you're starting nine, you know. Four A players. Four A play. I mean, you're just, you know, with a couple – High-end prospects or, you know, some yeah. decent you're prospects. Try, you're trying to rebuild the cupboard. You're right. trying to sell off the guy, you know. This is a five-year rebuild. Everybody needs to calm down. It's going to take a while. They're not going to turn around. And I don't know, you know, people, yeah, they're bad. They're bad. But. Yeah, I think, you know, we often say, like like I was saying with UC earlier, like nobody needs to panic. Um, but this is a different kind of nobody needs to panic. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of panic where it's just like you're not going anywhere. No. Like. Calm it's part down. of the plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the beeline thing didn't work out, but yeah. other than you know, that, like, everything's still going. You're not going anywhere going. Anything, any, anytime soon. Like, no. nothing's – there's no switch that's going to be flipped on. That's and, why I was shocked when they signed Kevin Love to that deal, honestly. So I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, you got to go in on the rebuild and relax right now. Well, at least he's thrilled and all bought all in for the team and, you know, certainly isn't trying to like, – I like how he tweeted that, like, nice thing about oh beeline and it's like, oh. dude, you were the biggest crybaby. You are like, the part of the – issue there he was a large part yeah. of the issue it's just weird like they need to and they can't because his contract sucks and he's he's purely a stat stuffer yeah so i mean right now he's out and they're playing a little bit better obviously the defense especially in the first half has been 
horrendous the last two games. But if they can get that a little bit better, then I almost you know. say this: you need to get young kids in there. You need to see if you can find some even out of the MB. Uh, is it the DL? It's not the DL still, but uh, the, G the G League. League. Yeah, stupid name change. They need to see if they can find some diamonds in the rep or something. I say this sounds crazy. I don't think you suit Kevin Love up. Period. I think you keep paying him. And like we're not going to give up a. You're not going to be here long term, one way or another. No. I think you almost try to find that's, a settlement, that's what I'm wondering. a contract settlement. Just say, hey, let's get you as a free agent somewhere he's, else. He's still got years left. And I how know. Like you go could, on this charade that you're going to build around Kevin Love. You're not. You're not. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous to think that. And Minnesota so, tried that for yeah. like five years, so and they fans, finally said fans go. Fans and management both need to come to the realization that this is a rebuild, and nothing that you do is going to make it instantly better. And that's okay. You know, you have to hit the reset button every couple of years, especially after years of LeBron James. And, well, I mean, that's what know, they were starting to do. Remember with Kyrie and right, stuff, and then LeBron right. decided to come back out of nowhere, kind of, and yeah. that, that accelerated. I was going to so. say, last time it took, what, he was gone for four years? Yeah, four years, yeah. And it took every bit of that for you know finally by the fourth year they were a, a team of a roster. there was a team that was close to contending for a playoff spot so yeah. i think you're right in the five-year rebuild but um it's a five-year window people you know i think you just it's it's tough to watch sometimes i get that 15 and, and 41 uh second worst record in the nba worst record in the east people flipping out on twitter i constantly see i'm just like guys it's a rebuild Come on, we saw the Indians do this for like 15 years. Yeah, like, I mean, you've seen every team in yeah. Ohio do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, some of them work on yeah. five-year rebuilds. Some of them work on 20-year rebuilds. Right. Shout out Browns. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're familiar with the rebuilds here. That's why I'm wondering, like, nope, we've been here before, folks. Like, calm down. Yeah. It'll, it'll come eventually. I mean, we'll be they, okay. The Cavs have made no secret about that. That's what they're doing. That's why they, they made an experiment and tried to hire Beeline. That was the whole point. All right, well, let's let's save us from ourselves here. Maybe deal with teams that work in a little bit shorter rebuilds because they're college basketball teams. Oh, yeah. All righty, getting into our Ohio segments. We're going through our conference. We're going through the conferences as March, just over the horizon here. Or the horizon. Or the horizon league. Bro horizon. Or the Bro Rising League, just over the horizon as the tournament starts soon. These conference seasons starting to wrap up, especially in some of the smaller leagues, as um, you know their conference tournaments happen about a week early. So we're going to start with some of the conferences with Ohio teams in and see who do you think is going to win the regular season title and get the number one seed going into the conference tournament. Starting off, I believe, with a little bit of a softball. I think we all kind of agree. Up three games in the A-10, which is four games left. Dayton is the prohibitive number one seed in the A-10. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't... Yeah. That's yeah, all go, we need to say. Go, go Flyers. Yeah, go Flyers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fly, flyers are going to keep flying. They're the one seed in the A-10 tournament. No question. Yeah, they're, they're good. Alrighty, from the... A-10 to the American. Right now in the American Athletic Conference, there are three teams tied with four losses. Houston 11-4, Cincinnati 11-4, Tulsa a half game back at 10-4. Also a smattering of teams at 8-6, Wichita, SMU, and Memphis. 
Zach, who do you think takes the regular season crown in the American? I mean, I gave him 250000 of my dollars, so they better put it to good use. I'm going UC. Um, I, I'm going to disappoint with my pick. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Cincinnati He's Bearcats. He's secretly a Xavier fan. As I, I that is disgusting. Whoa. Get out. I don't even want to do this podcast anymore. They I'm a proud UC alum, They are 1-8 against ranked teams this Boop. year. I'm a very proud UC alumni, however, uh, and, I, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna shout them out later. But this team is exhausted. Uh, they played five consecutive uh, periods of overtime. Everybody's tired right now. Like three overtime games and then a double overtime. I'm tired game. of hearing your voice right now. <laughs> Greg, you think I'm making a reasonable point right here, right? Just. Tell me you're taking the Cougars so we can get yeah, past you having yeah. to talk. The Cougars will be the number one seed in the AAC. I hope not. Prove me wrong. All right. That Xavier Musketeer now to the others. So that, no. So now so I'm. I respect. I respect your point and I respect where you're going. Cat's got a week off before this game in Houston. Coming ready. Coming hungry. Rested. Rower. Cats by 90. There you go. Cats taking the regular season championship. Undefeated the rest of the way. Winning the tournament. I'd love to see it. National championship, maybe. I would love to see it. All right. All right. Josh loves those musketeers. Let's go. All righty. Going to... Well, Big Ten's pretty much already Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, Big Ten. Xavier's well out of the Big East. Oh, yeah. So we're going to a little bit of action. The top uh, two teams oh, in the MAC East, Akron and Bowling Green, playing this Tuesday. Zach, did I hear an Akron from that side of the table? I always go to the Zips. The Zips are the, I mean, that's the basketball program of the MAC. I mean, they're they're the gold standard, have been for decades. Um, you know, there's I've been some other teams that come up and down. I'm yeah, I'm buying MAC. I'm not buying BGSTDU. Just saying. Josh, what about you? Um, I'm going. Uh... Thinking it's going to be a Falcon good time in the tournament. He hates the Bearcats Bowling and he green. hates the Zips. His Falcons and Musketeers. I hate all the, the way. Zips. What you are? You're a sick person. You know that. How dare you ever? Would never ever root for that other team here, Norwood State. Bunch of hooligans. Greg. So I would go with Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent State, but they're seven and seven. They don't really have a yeah, chance. Yeah, they lost uh, a brutal yeah. double overtime so, game to Buffalo the other night. Akron, two of the half their games on the road already got a win over Bowling Green earlier this year. Pretty handily, if I remember. Pretty right. handily, yeah. a seven and three team on the road this year. Twenty-one and six on the season. I think I got to go with the Zips to uh, pull the possibly upset. Even though I'm sure the line's going to be pretty close, I'm going Akron. Well, Bowling Green's kind of the surprise. I mean, Akron's always projected. Bowling Green's a surprise. Yep. And then but. go. And then in the Bro Ryzen, Zach's favorite conference, we've got the top two teams up in Dayton. We have the Wright State Raiders going across the river to Northern Kentucky. The top two teams in the Horizon, as we said, Wright State blistered the Norse by 30 points in their first meeting at the Nutter Center. Zach, who do you think takes this conference? First of all, I love that both their names are like pretty much the same thing. Vikings, Norsemen, if you will, and Raiders. But I'm going to go the Raiders. I'm going to go Wright State uh, all the way. Josh, what about you? 
Um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking some stuff up right now because I want to understand this scenario in its entirety. But I do believe that to the right, state Raiders are the highest. Uh, they're ranked 126 in the uh, net rankings right now, and uh, I cannot find NKU I mean, they, on here. So I would assume that right state is the higher ranked. Well, I mean, they they already played once. Right state one. Yes. So if Northern Kentucky were to win this match, the tiebreaker rules in the horizon are the highest net ranked team gets the tiebreaker. For that reason, right. I'm gonna go with right state. I think I do think though that Northern Kentucky plays much, much better game than they did last time after the shellacking they got at the Nutter Center. You'd hope. Yeah, I think both teams have had their ups and downs. Both of them have gotten shellacked in a couple games, you know, um, Wright State just got beat by Youngstown by 18 last week, but I expect Wright State to come out, have that same defensive effort that they had, you know, a few Friday nights ago, take down the Norse, and I'm going with Wright State, and I'm going with Wright State to make the tournament again. I don't know how much noise they'll make, but they're definitely kind of a well-oiled machine as far as a team. So. But they're one unanimous Um our pick, we're all going with right state, right? It's our one unanimous. Yeah, I think that's our one unanimous. Josh is the season ticket Musketeers holder. You and a are big Falcon sick. Fan, oh my god! So. Uh, NKU's one fifty two in the Nets ah. right now. So, ah. so we have, uh, let's see, we have three or four Ohio teams winning their regular season tournament or winning their regular season championship. Depends if you're a real UC guy or. A secret Norwood lover, so he, he loves Norwood. Very interesting to see there. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win the championship, whether it's the Brewer Horizon, whether it's the MAC, whether it's the Big Ten, the A10, or the American Conference. Let us know at Thirty Rack Podcast, Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and I believe uh, we're working on Instagram. Um, we uh, there was an old uh, Thirty Rack account. Um, so I'm working on uh, getting the rights to that Finstagram, that Finstagram account, and uh, trying to get our handle. Um, so we'll have it here soon. Uh, I hope everyone's been enjoying the uh, the new uh, two minute segments that we're posting on social media. Um, please yeah. give us a, a like, a share, a subscription, uh, a what have you, a retweet, a retweet. Yeah, yeah, or share. Or, uh, Regramming? Do they still do that? Podgramming? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I only have like Twitter. Man over Tell here. your friends. Tell your mom. Tell the guy down the street that you don't want to talk to. Just say, hey, listen to this podcast. Just tell them me. about 30 Rack of Sports, the Ohio podcast about Ohio beer and Ohio sports. If you like beer, if you like sports, if you like Ohio, if you like all three, 30 Rack is the place for you. So please come. Listen, subscribe, rate, leave a fun comment. Tell me I have nice hair. Get All us. the above. And uh, tweet us your, or tweet us, or what is it, Facebook? Facebook us your... Uh, post. Yeah. Post, whatever. Your uh, beer, your beer um, opinion. Beer options. Beer options, there we beer go. Favorites. Beer, beer favorites. Beer least favorites. And yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to, I know... Uh, like I've heard from a few people, those those of you that listen to us on your drive into work, um, not drinking while you're driving, obviously. Thank goodness. Um, but uh, I know we've had some long episodes lately. A lot of sports stuff has happened. Uh, we're trying to shorten it down. Um, I think this will be a pretty short one. Uh, this is looking uh, to be uh, pretty short. It's yeah. 20 minutes ahead of schedule. But uh, yeah, we're 30 back of sports. I'm Josh. Greg. 
to the left. The talent. The talent. Um, the guy that's pissing me off for accusing me of liking Norwood State University, Zach. But Norwood Josh, Jesuit. The biggest musketeer. Oh, private. Jesuit. Biggest musketeer fan I know, Josh. You. He ble- he bleeds blue and silver. I do not. Absolutely not. Yeah, the folks are black, the folks the are saying that you went through a graduation at the Cintas Center. I heard you true. went through a graduation at the Cintas Center. Oh, that's enough. Where are we going? I next? also went through a graduation at uh, BB&T Arena. Uh, I didn't ever actually so get to graduate from my school. He's a big Norse fan as well. School. Okay. I got hosed because we had to be renovating the arena. I actually had my graduation on the grounds of the University of Cincinnati. Oh, so. I didn't. I, I had mine so at the lucky. Big Nick. So it was outside. It was uh, I had mine at the Shoemaker Center. So. The Merrill J. The Merrill J. The Schumacher. The Schumacher. All right. Uh, well, before we uh, exit Ohio and uh, get into um, the wide world, the of, wide news, world of we're going to be sports and stuff. Drinking a little bit more of this Lumberjane America Pale Ale from Goldhorn Brewing. She looks frightening. I have a question. Who do you think the woman on? I think she could beat up all three of us, to be honest with you. She could beat all of us up? Is that what you're saying? Like, not at the same time, but I feel like if we like did like a tag team. The look she's given is definitely pretty frightening. I, I don't even I yeah, I don't even know what I would you know? do with it. I would just And that axe looks to be like uh uh What's the LJ? Oh, yes. Lumberjane. Yeah, Lumberjane. Oh. She's Lumberjane, man. I, I thought it was Lumberjean. Uh that's you're thinking of Norma Jean. I can't wait till we go back to listen to that. You said long biceps long. don't look not. that that terrifying. I don't know, but I don't know. That probably looks, has a mean right hook though. Bigger so. than yours. That looks like a like a pine handle. Might be oak. Um, could be some cherry. Like a, I don't know. A good swinging axe. Yeah, it could be some cherry. That's but it's way a good too late to be axe. cherry. Thank goodness. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> Keep it moving. I don't even know anything about woods. You don't know you anything what about experts? woods. Oh my goodness! All right. Yeah, well, I thought she, you also don't know anything about beer news, so. Let's get you educated right here. I, I know some things about beer news. I know plenty about beer. Uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, some things found in the woods. Uh, deep in the Buckeye State lore is the story of the Ohio Grassman. Uh, not to be confused with the West Virginian mo- uh, Mothman, the Ohio Grassman is more of an aggressive Bigfoot-type creature, but known to be much more aggressive than your average uh, Squatch. Sounds like me after about 11 or 12 craft brews. If Grassman exists, he's said to be around eight feet tall, uh, rather aggressive. Um, And speaking of being rather aggressive, we've got a 10% monster that will be released this week from Rhetoric Brewing, their new Russian Imperial Stout called the Grassman's Nectar. Um, That's available at their tasting room in Richwood, Ohio. You can learn more at rhetoricbrewing.com and you can see all the other beer news out there in Ohio at ohiocraftbeer.org. The reason I bring this up is because there was a Grassman sighting uh, out at uh, Eastern Ohio. It was out in uh, Salt Fork State Park. Um, Two guys uh, got some video of it. Um, We'll try and get a link to that up on our social media. Um, for any of you uh, Sasquatch watchers out there. I love all that stuff. Yeah. I'm excited, yeah. In Drink o- that nectar. In other Ohio beer news, this weekend coming Yeah. Up, Cincinnati OTR Bachfest 
B there or B square, like Josh. Me and Lil G will be there. Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna be square at work. You're gonna be super square. Me and we'll, Lil G will be there. Uh, come find us. We'll be barking it up. Barking up. We'll have to drink extra because Josh won't be yeah, there. Yeah, you guys better bring a nice review for next week. We will give oh, a yeah, full yeah, review. We'll give a full review. If you're a Bach guy, Friday this night. is the place we'll for you. Friday if night. you like German food, if you like box, if you like beer, if you like standing in the bitter cold like it will be this weekend in Cincinnati, this is the festival hey, for you. Get that wiener schnitzel like Greg loves. Love me some schnitzel. Love some schnitzel. That's your Ohio beer news. Uh, make sure you uh, support your local breweries and uh, tell them about the 30 Rack Sports Podcast. Go there. Like we said, go there. Try a beer. If you love the beer, if you absolutely hate the beer, let us know at 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We want to try all the good beers. Heck, we, I, well, I want to try some of the bad beers just to get a real feel for the entirety of Ohio. So, uh, thank you so much for those of you that have been, you know, talking about the show, tweeting about the show, commenting on the show, asking me to explain why Route 2 is irrational. Shout out, Alec. <laughs> it's really great to hear from some of you guys, you know, that are enjoying the show as much as we are recording the show. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We are having a lot of fun. And you surprised know what? I'm surprised we've been allowed to do 18 shows. That yeah. just seemed like way more yeah, we're than almost, I ever thought we'd be allowed to do. We're almost coming up on 20, which is actually quite incredible. Yeah. You know what else is quite incredible? Some national news? Right on the list. All right, going in to our national news segments. Starting off in the wild world of college basketball, Three of the top four teams lost at home on Saturday with Baylor falling to number three, Kansas, Gonzaga falling to BYU, and undefeated, previously undefeated San Diego State falling to UNLV. Um, expect to see shakeups in the polls as six of the top ten teams took a loss this week. In the XFL, uh, on Saturday, Houston beat Tampa Bay 34-27, Dallas over Seattle 24-12, St. Louis in the first game at Dome Sweet Dome 29-9 over New York, DCLA on right now with LA with a commanding lead in that game. Right now there are two undefeated teams in the XFL, Houston and DC, two winless teams, Tampa Bay and LA, but that looks to be one on either side after this week, so... Uh, a lot of mediocrity in this league, a lot of craziness in this league, as a lot of teams getting wins over teams that you didn't expect them to, to beat. Um, in boxing, uh, slight upset as Tyson Fury knocks out Deontay Wilder in the seventh round to claim the WBC heavyweight title. Fury now moves to 30-0-1 with 21 KOs. Uh, Deontay Wilder was previously 41 and 0 with 40 knockouts, so took his first loss ever. And that's the national news. First loss ever. First loss ever. I don't know if you guys saw any bit of that fight, but I know going into that fight, you know, there was uh, Fury Wilder number one. It was kind of a controversial draw. Uh, Fury got knocked down, you know, late in that fight, kind of came back, seemed to kind of get his legs under him, said, you know, I've kind of figured Wilder out. And that's really what it seemed like, you know. First two rounds were kind of back and forth, but in the third round, Fury, you know, knocked Wilder down, and after that point, 
just was not the same guy. Bleeding from the air after a bursted eardrum. Ooh. Bleeding from the, you know, bleeding from his mouth. Uh, Fury at one point even licked some blood off oh, Wilder's took, took face. Took a little sip, sip. So, oh. certainly interesting there, but... Uh, Huge night for boxing, though, as it's been, you know, as people were billing, the biggest heavyweight bout in a generation, probably since the Mike Tyson fights of the 90s. Yeah, I, I will say I, I just got to watch uh, highlights earlier today. I didn't get to watch the fight, but it actually looked like a fight. Um, and I feel like too many of these recently have been, you know, whether it be a couple seconds worth uh, or whether it be a... Uh, more looks more like an episode of Dancing with the Stars. Um, this actually looked like some right good well, boxing. Yeah, and I think some of it was. I mean, Wilder tried to do some of the dancing, but it wasn't like a Mayweather fight where you see him right. kind of be a tactician. You know, block. There were some big hits I mean, being thrown. I mean, that's the difference between you're talking, you know, feather welterweight to heavyweight. Sure, I mean, that's sure. like people love to watch the heavyweight. Even still, I mean, those are the still the highest pay per view of the heavyweights because yeah, those mean, are two forty and two or like two thirty five and two seventy five. So you know, these are some big boys. The one thing that tells you that this was a different fight is first off they both had their long introductions into the <laughs> ring which took you know 10 minutes apiece but normally when you're going into the ring you go under the ropes mm. no these guys step over the ropes oh dear because God. they're the heavyweight <laughs> yeah. they're both you know six yeah. seven and six still, nine though, still though they're ready to go yeah no i mean that's you know it's brick foots right you know they're not they're not moving their feet they're just standing down and slugfest not the best fights i didn't get to see it either Unfortunately, I was driving home from Tiffin, but uh, that's why people like the heavyweight fights, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just glad to see that we got an entertaining fight the other night. Uh, I think it's good for the sport. I think it needed boxing that very needs, badly. Yeah, they need something. Cause yeah, boxing needs something big. You know, you saw the Andy Ruiz fight, which kind of got a little mm -hmm. bit of traction. But this was one of the really big fights after the kind of controversial draw the first time out. You know, both guys were undefeated going into that, still undefeated. Having the win there right. is, is, you know, is huge. When I saw that they were talking an all-British fight right, for the heavyweight, yeah, which now might it's, be the next one, which would be huge. I mean, obviously, Britain is kind of a, still a huge boxing enclave there. Um, yeah, so that'd you, be pretty exciting. You would have Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, yeah. who was previously undefeated, you know, dropped that one fight to uh, Andy Ruiz, able to come back, beat him, get his title back. So it would be, I think it would be to unify all of the boxing heavyweight I mean, titles, it, all like the 12 reading, of them. Sorry, I keep dumbing it up. Isn't it? I've, I've been reading some things, though, um, kind of post-fight type of articles where people are really questioning where American boxing is right now as far as internationally, you know, with obviously Mayweather gone and, um, you know, a Brit, you know, takes the heavyweight. And right. so there's questions on where where American boxing, you know, if UFC has kind of taken over American fighting sports. Well, I mean, that's what I, I'm kind of getting at here with, you know, they needed a good fight. You know, it. The money's always going to be there. People oh, are yeah. always going to pay to watch watch these. I mean, right. that you you build all the the hype and build to it in the names on the cards that you have right now. Mm -hmm. It's you know that's always going to be there and everything. But you can't deny that the past couple of big cards that we've had in boxing have been a disappointment in the end right. from a spectacle standpoint. Well, think about what most people honestly, and I'll admit I haven't paid attention to boxing that closely i used to be pretty into it like middle school high school like the first right. big fight i remember was, i was even younger than that was the 
Tyson Lewis fight, yeah. Lennox Lewis. That was kind of the first big one, and I was really into it. So I got to about college, and I don't follow that as much. And um, like most kids nowadays, like our generation, UFC is the big deal, or even yeah. younger UFC. But like the boxing match that people think about, you know, because Pacquiao and Mayweather was a while ago. It was yeah. they never was, fought at yeah. the height. I always said right. the fact that they both blew helping boxing by not getting that together earlier. Right. Um, but most people think about now is like the first big boxing fight they saw was uh, Mayweather McGregor, which is like not really that wasn't really yeah. a fight. Yeah. So so you just think about all all of those outcomes. And were they really entertaining? Was it really good boxing? You know, the reason I can't get into boxing all that much is because every time I've gone to watch one of these big cards, it's been a huge disappointment, really. But that last night, we need more of that. And I think we need to focus, especially in America, on bringing that up. You know, that's my my simple take from a casual boxing fan. And I think watching the fight, you know, I mean – Obviously, Fury kind of got the better of Wilder, but having a you know big heavyweight like Wilder, who was you know forty one, you know forty one wins, one tie, no losses coming in, knocked out guys in you know forty fights. It's something where you don't get the you know like we said that the Mayweather thing where he just kind of you know walks around, basically wins based on you know scoring just because he's so tactically good. That's yeah. not something you want to see in the heavyweights you see the knockouts and well like we were talking about the the biggest miss for boxing as much as they tried to do was the miss on the pacquiao mayweather when they were in their yeah when they, i mean when they were really going yeah. yeah and i think that's really hurt him and since then and you know all the personnel all the personalities are in ufc now remember you used to have tyson and lennox lewis and all these like yeah big you, well you had that you had the great american personalities right. you know you had the ali who was mm-hmm. you know great wow. at the mic you had the the tyson Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah, Foreman and all this stuff. And you saw some of that. You know, you saw Fury come out on, like, a, you know, on a throne. You saw uh, Wilder come out with this insane mask on. You know, there were the very cool, you know, personalities. There was finally something, you know, the, uh, the Nevada Boxing Commission banned them from, you know, squaring up at the weigh-in because of what had happened during some of the pressers. So it was something cool to see and, you know, uh, as a guy who was kind of rooting for you know while there you know rooting on the side of the American, it was you know it was sad to see him lose, but it's cool to see you know a big boxing fight that we're excited about, and it wasn't like a thirty second fight right. or it wasn't like a twelve round fight where it was like ah there were probably two big hits you know there were some shots, and I know Wilder has the big right hand that you didn't really get to see him throw, but you saw some shots where these guys were looking. Dizzy. Right. It was ridiculous. But I mean, besides, well, I mean, you have to wonder, like I said, where where America's, you know, the heavyweight's always the top card. I think UFC's a little different in that realm, but boxing, that's the top card. The Klitschko's, you know, ran that for years yep. in the heavyweight, and now we're, you know, kind of moving. So you kind of just wonder where the Americans are going to be down the line. All right. Well, speaking of one American uh, craziness to another one, in college basketball, three of the top four teams losing at home. Like we said, six of the top ten losing this week. Do you think, or I guess how much do you think this affects the bracket with teams like, you know, Baylor, obviously only their second loss of the year, losing to a top three team in Kansas. Gonzaga team with only one loss, losing to BYU and San Diego State, you know, their first loss of the season. Do you think how many of them do you think drop off would drop off the one line with this loss? 
I mean, I think San Diego State, that's, I feel for I think that's tough. I think that's tough for, you know, kind of Dayton's been in that boat where conference top to bottom and name recognition's not there. Because it, it is a bit subjective here. I, you know, as much as, you know, like we see in college football play after the top, it's what matters this year? Mm, it's still in the back of your mind. Uh, I think that hurts them. I think Gonzaga not as much because of the name recognition now that they've kind of put themselves in there. I wouldn't call them a blue blood, but they're in that conversation. Um, you know, what Mark Few's done there is amazing. Um, and then I think Baylor, yeah, you can, mm, I don't think it's as big of a deal. For Baylor, to be honest. Yeah. I think having the win at KU, it's kind of like a split. Yeah. I still think they're both number one seeds. Mm-hmm. I think I agree, you know, when you're a Dayton or San Diego State, your margin for error up there is so slim. Really. Yeah. And Gonzaga, you know, it took them 15 years to get off of this, you know, to yeah. get off of this deal and finally get to a championship. You know, they were a team that, you know, every year someone would see them high and they would, you know, blow a game against a good you know, St. Mary's team or something, mm-hmm. and everyone would want to drop them out of the top 10. And I think that's the problem with the San Diego State. You know, they haven't lost all year, but you lose to a mediocre to bad UNLV team that, you know, is not going to sniff the tournament. This isn't your 90s run yeah, Rebels. This, so, you know, that's tough for those teams, but it's also like you look at Dayton. They lost, you know, one tough game to at Kansas. home against uh, Colorado, but the only yeah. other loss is, you know, in Maui in overtime against uh, a top three team that just beat the number one team in the nation, you know, mm-hmm. at their home court. So I still think Dayton can jump up. Maybe Dayton takes the place of San Diego State. I still expect to see Gonzaga up there, you know, right. Baylor up there. But that's kind of what I'm saying. I think Dayton's going to jump San Diego State. Um, but yeah, I- San Diego State's not a newcomer. They've always been very good. Very good. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. the I think the biggest thing you know in it is, uh, if you look at it kind of across for Dayton, it's good because they get up into the one seed. Mm-hmm. But I think for San Diego State, the one thing that you worried about is having to be the East Regional One with Gonzaga taking the West and having to go all the way to New York, right? For you know the the regional rounds. So being able to go to LA instead, mm-hmm. you know, as a two seed could only help. But I think seeing with the top six teams in the top ten losing. It shows you that, you know, seeding matters to a degree, but any of these teams can beat anyone, you know. Um, obviously, Kansas is another number one seed, but BYU is like a, was like a huge bubble team, you know, and they were able to beat a top seed. UNLV is not a tournament team. They were able to beat a top seed. You know, Dayton's had some struggling against some teams that are bubble teams like VCU and St. Louis, so... You kind of find that even if you're a top seed, maybe you know, maybe you won't see the one versus sixteen, but certainly once you get out of the first round, anyone's going to be able to beat anyone. Right. I, college basketball, got, even women's basketball, we've seen a lot more parity over the last couple of years. Um, not quite, obviously, on the men's level, but it's getting there, I think, which is good. Um, makes it more exciting. But yeah, it, the parity's got insane right now. I mean, I think you could probably look at any of the top fifty teams and like Ken Palm or anything like that and you're like yeah I think 50 could be one I mean right you know it's not a bad bet and yeah I mean to me it's it's bad that you know a lot of these were to unranked teams I mean n- number nine Penn State to an unranked indie team uh we had number that four was uh, a whooping for UNLV, a while UNLV loss or the UNLV win excuse me um 
The BYU win. I it's mean, the Duke it, Duke lost to unranked North Carolina State. Number thirteen mm-hmm. Auburn lost to unranked U, uh, Syracuse. Number fourteen Oregon lost to unranked Arizona State. I mean, you have all these. That just shows like all these unranked teams can make it, and that's why you're seeing so much movement on the bubble right now in bracketology. Is because oh yeah, you see teams just you know, an absolute like nine seed. You know, they lose a couple games. You go nine seed. You know, last four in, next four out. And then they win a couple games and they're back up to a 10 seed. You know, like, uh, I think Wichita State in the last three weeks has gone from, like, an 8 seed to, like, completely off the bubble to, like, back to a 10 seed. Now they might be the last four in. Well, and, and, and Penn State's in trouble doing that because not only do they have that unranked loss to uh, Indy, they also have an unranked loss to Illinois this week as well, early yeah. in the week. Yeah, but, I mean, those are two tournament teams. You expect them to slip a little bit. You know, kind of probably their chances of catching Maryland to win the Big Ten are kind of out the door. But Well, I mean, Maryland lost today, so not really. I mean, they're... Well, then you had in the Big it's East... Close. In the Big East, you had Creighton and Marquette trade places a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquette uh, beat Creighton earlier in the week, and then Creighton went on around the rest of the week. Marquette had another loss Saturday. So... Yeah, I mean, that's just. I'm excited for the tournament. Down. Let's that's, just get to the tournament, man. I'm done with. I mean, I'm excited. It's uh, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I would assume this is a uh, good segue into our next segment, Greg. Do I do I have a go on that? We have a go on our seg on our segue and our segments. Let's start in the south. Two seed Duke, three seed Creighton, four seed Arizona. Can you imagine in Houston an Elite Eight matchup between Baylor and Duke? Can you guys imagine an Elite Eight matchup with D- Baylor and Duke? No, not at all. Well, we're not talking about Elite Eight matchups. We're talking about national We're talking about national champions. And we want you guys to reach out too. You know, we I know we have some listeners that are huge college basketball junkies. I know I, I love watching the game. Maybe putting a little coin down here or there, but... Whatever on that. No little coin down here or there. Coin down here or there. I can see your pile of tickets from here. (laughs) You're not my supervisor. Alrighty. But on this, we want to know your top three (laughs) national championship contenders. Who are the three teams that you think have the greatest shot to be the last team remaining after the tournament, the national champion? Zach, who do you have? All right, prefacing everything. Like I said before, I think any of the 68 teams that get in, geez, I, sure, you know. Um, but if I'm gonna pick three right now, I'm gonna pick Dayton. Uh, I like they Just have in order. No, no, no order. Sorry, I'm not that fancy. I'm, but I'm gonna go Dayton. Uh, like Obi, obviously they got a stud, and then uh, uh, who's the point? Um, Jalen Crutcher. Crutcher. I think they got two studs, two guys they can go to in crunch time. That's huge in the tournament. Um, In crutch time. Ooh, in crutch time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to go Nova. Uh, Jay Wright. The Jay Wright magic. Uh, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Villanova. Don't know why. Yeah, I'm going to go Nova. And then I'm going to go... Not a homer, but I'm going to go Ohio State. I just think their ceiling is so high. And then... There's not going to be no road games. It's all neutral site. I'm not, huh? a, I'm not a homer. Huh? Uh, I think Caleb Wesson and Luther Muhammad have really turned a corner with uh, Aaron's coming back. I think, you know, Kyle Young. I think it's, I think their their ceiling is national championship, so. Well, okay, that's one right out of right field. Oh, that's not out of right. Oh, Jesus, whatever. Josh, who do you have? I'm 
Well, I'll start with your first one, probably Xavier. Who, who are your other? You two? guys are sick yeah. human beings. I think he's a, he's the only. You guys are all really three are Xavier. He's like right Xavier. It's all. The I hate Xavier so much, and I even take the good out of the goodness of my heart. Still cover them on this show because they're in Ohio. Because you and love God, them. I wish they weren't. You Cincinnati. love I them. them. I hate you Xavier. Live. So much. See, you call them in Cincinnati. We call them in Norwood on this side yeah, of the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't recognize. All right, Josh. What are your three besides or two besides Xavier? In order, in order, I've got Baylor, Maryland, Dayton. Wow, could you be any? Could I be what? No, nothing. Uh, I'm picking uh, Baylor um, just because I think. I went on a limb, is all I'm saying. I go. I go on a limb. He just went down the standings. It was like, who's let me do my piece. Baylor, they've got the number nine offense and the number one defense and the number four strength of schedule on Ken Palm. That's just a well-rounded team that has been in the tough games. They've got the experience. I, they can go on the run. They can get it done with adversity in a national championship game. I think they've got a shot. Uh, Maryland, Maryland's one of those, if you look at the Ken Palms, they're one of those like middle ground teams. They've got the number 30 offense, the number 10 defense, and the 24th uh, best strength of schedule. So, you laugh at me that I picked Ohio State who, who beat Maryland this afternoon. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm going with Dayton. Uh, they've got the number two offense in the country in Ken Palm. Uh, some might argue the number one offense in the country. I've said before I'd like to see a little bit more out of their defense. I think they let uh, let opponents into the game sometimes, um, but they do cover that. I mean, that team, mm-hmm. very hard to find that team on a, on a scoring drought. They play down yes. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I think they've got the chops to make a run. Uh, if they can get the right pieces to fall at the same time, I could see the Dayton Flyers winning the national championship. So that's his three besides Xavier. Greg, who do you got? Sicko. The All Xavier's right. one and eight against ranked teams. They're not getting it. We know. Jeez. So such a serious. Looking accusation. through the top, I of course first off have the Kansas Jayhawks, which you guys both have not mentioned. They I have don't trust Kansas. Potentially, think Kansas potentially is not Kansas. Trustworthy. They've got the number. They've killed one. my bracket like every other year except the year they won the whole damn. They they've have, got the number one strength of schedule, which they I'm sure have Greg's probably going the well. They have number one strength of schedule and probably the best player, if not the probably one of the top three players in the nation. In Yudoka Azubuki, in the middle of nice, yeah, in uh, the middle of the team, in as the center, he's the guy. He destroyed Baylor, who has one of the best defenses, being able to go wherever he wants on the floor. He's more in shape this year than he was in previous years. I didn't pick Kansas because I didn't want to say the name. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, next, I have, and I really, well, no, well, first we'll go with Dayton. We want to put Dayton. So down. Dayton's in, right? All Day- three of us Dayton's, pick. They have Dayton's to get in. a final four. I was about to put UC over Dayton, but they they want to. Sh- I need to show that they can actually make the tournament first. Uh, but Dayton, the one thing is, you know, you need some veteran leadership. Like mm-hmm. they said, you know, Toppin is a a lottery pick. That you got the talent. You've got the veteran leadership in Jalen Crutcher and then uh, Mike Sell, who I feel like has been on the team for the last like 12 years. I feel like I've been hearing Mike Sell's name as the center. <laughs> so, you know, certainly veteran leadership all around uh, seemed like a really good team. My last team is, and I hate to say this because I do not want them anywhere Xavier? near the final four now, <laughs> is the Kentucky Wildcats. Because uh, it's the same crap. Uh, 
they do every year when they make it to the Final Four. They kind of float around. They're like a top 10 to 15 team. <laughs> They're kind of under the radar. They're like a four seed, and they somehow fart their way Winnie into the, the Final bro- Four. Um, I can't. I can't believe you picked. I, I don't trust Kansas for specific reasons. Every year for like ten years, I picked Kansas, except for the one year they won the title, and they always like lose like first or second round. No, are they not like besides them and Duke no, no. are like so notorious? You're, you're right, but I they've think made it to like they've won a national championship and they've made it to another. Kansas has final. the experience in the tournament, and they have the toughest strengths of schedule in the country. I think you're a little insane. Are did you do those in order of of? I did not Who you think is order. most likely there? Because if you have Kentucky as your three, then fine. But yeah, I mean, maybe they can. Maybe, but I mean, like, if you're talking about can. teams, if you're talking about teams, you can't trust. Well, remember, folks, this team lost to Evansville. Early. That's a very, it's a very different Aces. Evansville team. It's well, a very I mean, different Evansville their new team. coach doesn't hit on girls, but good for him. Well, then, hey, I still want to know what he did specifically. It sounds like he was sending emails. What an old way to hit on women. You blew it! <laughs> he blew it. He did. Alrighty. Well, we have our teams. Make sure to tweet us the teams that you think can win it all. Give us your top three choices. Who's who's most likely to win? Please put UC. Dayton's already there. We already put it. Put them too. I and think then, we all agree on Dayton. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we've all agreed. We have about Xavier. I will lose it. All right, so I think we have our three. We have UC, Dayton, and Ohio State as our top three for the podcast. So yeah. be sure to give us your top three at 30 Back Podcast on we should Facebook put a poll up. We'll put it on the and poll. Twitter. We will put a poll up. We'll put a poll up. Put a poll up. Man, this is such calming music. This is why I got to put it in here because Breathe sometimes we just get all worked in up and everything, and then and out in the sometimes window. we just get a little angry here on Thirty Rackets Sports. We get a little heated. Josh becomes too much of a Xavier fan. That's Zach and I don't bars. like it. I want to lay some bars. Yeah. You know, some bars last week. Well, Zach and I are a fan of that university. That's you know in that city. Just south of Norwood in Cincinnati. We love Clifton. Josh loves Norwood. I am a graduate and huge fan of the University Prove of it, Cincinnati. Josh. Prove it. We don't have any proof. We don't have any proof. And I think that kind of attitude will get us in. All right. My ticket to the University of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball game. So is what? You can pocket, buy tickets to any game. Never bought a ticket to a Xavier game. Oh, I, I think that's a lie. Okay. Crosstown shootout. Oh, so you have been, you liar! Unbelievable. First of all, if you ever do anything illegal, do not have Josh on the stand because he broke like no other there. I did not break. You, you, broke, broke? you broke, Mr. Xavier Greg. What are we moving on to? We- all right, we're moving on to the final part of our show, the part <laughs> where... Part where we go into our beer of the week one last time. Oh, yeah, yeah, we air, go into we shout out. Sorry, I had to look at the man, it's been a long day. walk in the woods. Uh, it is the Lumber Jane, an American pale ale from a brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. Shout out to Goldhorn Brewery. 
this is a great American pale ale. It is. A, uh, this is the most American of the pale ales that I believe we've had so far. <laughs> the only American pale ale we've had this one. In a green exactly. can, if you're looking for it on the shelf, it's a green can uh, with a woman who looks like she'll... Uh, She'll kick some ass. Man. She'll kick some ass, it looks like it. She'll kick some names and take some ass, is what we're trying to say there. What? Exactly. Alrighty, well, I love this. Once shit. again, shout out to Goldhorn. Shout out to Goldhorn. Be sure to give us your favorite or least favorite brewery at 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh, that we're. Unbelievably riled up because of your Xavier love. We will get it. into the final part of our show. You guys are really sick. You're sick, guy. All righty. At the end of our show, as she you goes know, to New York a lot, which is big. E- I mean, she- oh, big so East many, so many clues. All righty. So, as Zach has shown, Ohio sports get you riled up, get you angry, get you confrontational. So. Our second, the last segment, as we like to do, we like to air our grievances. It's basically Festivus in here. Oh, do we? Do we, we have like a poll? To, <laughs> we need a poll. We do need a poll. <laughs> we like to have our issues. We got Zach Zingers, Josh's jeers, Greg's grumbles. Grumpy Greg. Zach, who yeah. you zinging this show? Um, I feel like I'm the one who takes on a lot of serious ones. So once again, I'm going to go ahead and jump into that borderline sociological and political fray. Cannonball. <laughs> Cannonball. Um, it's kind of a half zinger, half shout out. I have another shout out. Um, I kind of want to say this has been an ongoing thing, but for those who don't know, uh, Dwayne Wade um, has you know multi- several children, but he does have a transgender daughter. Um, and him and Gabrielle Union, his wife, have been very open about that. You know, I, th- I think uh, she's 12, 12, 13, I think, in that range. Um, and I don't know, recently they've been a lot more outspoken about it. Um, obviously, that's a big topic around the world. Um, and I've seen a lot of negative feedback, even from other NBA players and people in the industry um, about that. And so... I don't know, I want to say first and foremost, I, I commend them for kind of taking that lead and allowing her to um, be herself, right? And, um, you know, I think most people, you know, I, I don't understand the hatred. I know that's a complicated topic. I don't want to dive so far into that. But, you know, I think, you know, he's even spoken about his new documentary that they have out about his family, how tough that was and really whether he wanted to bring that up or not and a lot of the disrespect he's received for I think in that community itself is very difficult, kind of that masculinity question. So not so much a zinger as much of the tip of the cap to Dwayne and Gabrielle Union and uh, Zaya is her name. Zinging the haters. Yeah, zinging because the haters. What, what does it have to do with you, man? It doesn't. It doesn't have – how does it how It's does supporting it your child. Your life? It's supporting your child. Shout out to being a good parent. And that's right, really yeah. all you can be as a parent. You can't pick your kids. You can't. Pick your friend's nose. All you can do is pick your nose and be supportive (laughs) as a parent. As a parent and a human being, just having that respect. Having that respect, and I think they deserve a tip of the cap. I know it's been a hard road, and I'm sure, unfortunately, it'll continue to be so. But I think us all three here, we support you, and that's great. Shout out to being a good parent and zinging all the haters. We're going on to cheers, though. Josh, I'm sure you've got something just as equally as... uh, Probably not. Earth-shattering and serious. 
Josh, who are you jeering over here? Uh, I'm jeering six men. They go by the name, uh, the names of Pat Driscoll, Joe Lindsay, Ted Valentine, uh, Randy Heimerman, Teddy. Terry Oglesby, and Patrick Evans. You are the most sorry, pathetic excuses of officials I've ever seen take a basketball court. Oh, we're going to do this. Officials, come on. I will show you two clips from one from Thursday night's game and one from tonight's game or this afternoon's game where Chris, it was uh, Chris Vote and it might have been Chris Vote both times. Great. He's he's trying too hard to be a UC fan. We know you're watching the Xavier games when this is happening. Oh, my God. Uh, they go up, uh, and I mean, you clear as day can see in the replays inches of space between the ball handler and the defender. Defender goes straight up, hands up, doesn't make any forward or backward motion, comes down, doesn't make contact. Thursday night in the game, the ball handler went up to the back uh, to to the basket, did not make contact with anybody, and came back down to the floor with the ball in hand. And I don't know about you guys, but that's an up and down to me. So I just want to say to the American Athletic Conference referees and these six guys especially, get it together because this conference is so much fun and so entertaining and would be so much better if we had some professional referees with some credibility because I'm sorry, American Athletic Conference officials do not have credibility right now. That's my jeer. All right. All right. All right. Alrighty, at from, trying really hard to prove he's yeah, a Bearcat from, fan. Trying real hard to prove he's a Bearcat <laughs> fan. I'm gonna resign. Josh is jeering. We can't to, do this show without you. You know that. All right, from Josh's jeers to Greg's grumbles. Today, I'm grumbling against one Big Poppy, aka David Ortiz. Boo. David, he Ortiz. gets steroids, by the way. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. David Ortiz. Had some um, pointed words on Mike Fly- Mike Fires, aka the whistleblower from the Astros scandal, uh, in some uh, comments in an interview earlier this week. He called him quote a snitch and said he was mad that he didn't report it when it happened and reported it later. Now I understand the anger about reporting something, you know, after the fact, waiting till he was off the team. I understand that you know sometimes in the moment, but I think sometimes in the moment. We don't always understand we made a mistake. So I think the fact that he came back and at least called him out on it before, you know, he maybe it wouldn't have come out if he didn't call him out. So kudos to him for calling him out. But also, if you look at a guy like David Ortiz, one, he's been around the team, the Boston Red Sox. And though they were only, you know, um, thought of to cheat in 2017, right after he retired, he was... Oh, well, yeah, they had that well, too. Yeah, he yeah. had the 17 and 18. Yeah. And he, though he retired after 2016, still around the team, still might have had some you know impact in the team, still probably knew if there was an issue there. And then also a guy that has been regularly accused of cheating. There was a, you know, there was some... He tested positive yeah, in the 03 Mitchell the, report. The t- tested positive in the 03 Mitchell report. Barry didn't even test positive in the Mitchell report. Never came forward about that. Never was suspended from that. Never had any well, they negative flack to. about that. But he's here cheating the game and then calling out a guy who's trying to keep, to a degree, the sanctity of baseball. Trying to call out guys that cheated. Trying to put the game in a right, you right. know, in in a good light. Trying to keep the Astros from getting away from 
away with crap like this. And I think it's important in what he did. And the fact that you call him out is just ridiculous and childish and just kind of whiny. And it seems like a guy who cheated that doesn't want people to call him out. I'm tired of the Mike Fires date. And you bring up, you bring up an excellent right. point with the Mitchell report and how David Ortiz never had to come forward with what was found about him in the Mitchell report. He never had to discuss the Mitchell report at mm. all. He never had to answer for that. And and the the thing that drives me nuts is that Mike Fires did go through the proper channels. The Oakland A's did go through the proper yeah. channels. Multiple teams, multiple sources went through the proper yeah, channels the and nothing did. was done. The A's did at least. There were some other teams. The that, Indians that, were involved in that as well. Yeah, but I, I know there were the Yankees and the A's were the two that definitely submitted Confirmed reports. Teams, yeah. Well, the Indians submitted reports okay. too because it was the same series. As, it was the series right. before the Yankees. Yeah. So um, – I'm all for it. I, Not to get political, I'm just saying we're kind of in this culture now where being a whistleblower is like a bad thing. Um, no, it's not. Someone did something wrong and you reported it. You can question motivations all you want. But I, I thought Mark Teixeira had the best interview I heard on this whole situation, which he's one of the few player ex-players who has commended him. And as in himself has even admitted, I don't know if I could have ever done that, to be honest with you. Like how hard that is to come right. out while you're on the team. He's like, I don't even think I could snitch on guy. Not snitch, but tell the truth now. He's like, I commend Mike Fires for what he's done. And and again, at the end of the day, don't blame it on him when you got fucking caught and David Ortiz never to answer for any of his cheating or stare whatever. Yeah. That he's never had to do. It's a guy who's gotten caught by another whistleblower. Trying to throw his his weight around about another was you know about a different whistleblower and it's just one of these things where these guys try to act like they police the game. You know what? If you police the game, stop the asteroids from cheating, and someone should have stopped your ass from using steroids. Because exactly. at the end of the day, you need to stop that crap. Exactly. And I think that's about as far as this grumble should go. Yeah. It disappoints me that baseball players do not want baseball and the baseball commissioner do not want baseball to be a pure game full it seems of integrity. Like it. Seems like that's, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It seems like it. All righty. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty more months to talk about baseball here. As oh, spring so training so gets leveled up, gets ready to go. The one thing before we get into our shout outs. MLS also starting this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys have uh, Bachfest next weekend yeah. we get to, and weekend. we have MLS's Major League Soccer, yep. soccer opening in America next week, which is crazy that that's already here, but I am so excited. That huge smile on Josh's face just like when he sees the Centos Center. It's just hilarious. Oh, my God. The Ohio teams <laughs> facing the New York teams. So before we get into our shout-outs, Josh, I believe it's Red Bulls. Yes. FCC at Red Bull Arena. Yep, 1 p.m. What are you next thinking? Sunday. What are you thinking for that game? Man, it's been such an up and down weekend. Um, the Red Bulls are a really good team. Uh, they did lose some pieces, actually, though, this offseason. So I don't know. I think it'll be a close one. I don't expect it to be a high-scoring match. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Score How prediction. About, uh, score prediction. Um, I'm, I'm thinking a, a 2-1 to one New York what are you thinking? Uh, you got uh, NYCFC coming into Columbus. NYCFC coming into Columbus. Crew have looked great during the preseason. Won their preseason tournament in Arizona. Have been scoring in the first minute in their last two games. Have been on fire. I say 2-1 as well, but this one, 
I'm putting as a win for the crew. Uh, the crew did have a great off season. So, Zach, what are you looking forward to uh, for so- um, soccer in America? You know, beginning? I'm looking forward to the uh, Cincinnati Rec League soccer. You know, the big rivalry, red team versus blue team. So, I'm bigger in 3-1, red team. Mm. I'm excited. My rec-, my rec league is the blue team. So, thank uh, you for your support. You're welcome. Well, we don't support blue teams like you. Oh, hey, oh, hey got him. Alrighty. Well, to not leave this on a negative note, we're on a positive note. Go crew. Go FCC. I own an FCC shirt, so I'll say go FC. Fine. But we're going to end this show on some shout outs. Shouting out those in Ohio and around the world that have done some good this week because as much bad as there is in Ohio sports, there's still some good. Zach, who are you shouting out this week? I got two. Uh, obviously, shouting out baseball is back, and I'm excited. Whoa, whoa. And then also, uh, Packers re-signed Mason Crosby, one of only two players from the 2010 Super Bowl champs. Big old contract yeah. for a kicker. Mason Crossbar. Third Three years, highest 12 million, 6 million up front. All right, shout out to Mason Crossbar. Josh. Who are you shouting out? Uh, I am shouting out Keith Williams and uh, Jeremiah Davenport. Shared a great moment with them as they were coming out of the tunnel. Uh, I was going to share a moment and like do high fives with the whole team. Jaron Cumberland came out first, though, and just put the fear of God into uh, he me. He looks like not a fun guy. Uh, he just came out like ahead of the team and just like... <laughs> He looked at me, and I looked at him, and he looked like he's he like, was nah, gonna, nah. Gonna, he was going to run through a wall. He's, so well, I you had that big Xavier shirt on with oh the big God. X on You're the front. sick, man. You're sick. Uh, but uh, shout out to all the Bearcats, though, not just for uh, the moments this morning, but that is hard to go through four consecutive overtime games. And uh, Yeah, four consecutive overtime yeah. games, five overtimes. They yeah. played, what, 185 minutes in their last four games. So To, so, be, to be in all the, the close ones this past week, is it's a lot. It's a lot. So they have a week off, uh, so get some rest. Get some From rest. From someone boys. trying too hard to prove their Bearcat fan. Greg, what do you got? So I'm not going to go into Ohio. I'm going to go into the fight last night. I want to shout out to Tyson Fury and the win that he had over Deontay Wilder. Though I'm not a Tyson Fury fan, the one thing that his win has put forward is a couple of interviews that he did, most notably with the Rich Eisen show, pointing out, his outspokenness, his issues with mental health, how he's gotten over it. Mental health, huge issue, especially in the male community, not coming forward with it. So great to see a guy, one of the baddest men on the face of the earth, the heavyweight champion of the world, being vulnerable enough to come out and say that he has some mental health issues. So shout out to him. You know, shout out to the guys that are willing to come forward with stuff like this. And please, if you have any sort of mental health issue, you're not alone. There are so many men, the toughest men, the weakest men in the world, you know, deal with it. So please talk to someone. It's very important. As someone that has dealt with mental health issues, it's a big part of our lives. So certainly something to shout out. Shout out to Tyson Fury. Speak up. Get some support around you. And winning his battle at least to this point with mental health Alrighty, that's our show today 430 rack of sports for zach throwing out all those opinions for josh on the ones and twos showing out his don't you say it go muskies
Ah, go Bearcats. Uh, he's trying too hard. For the actual Cats fan at this table, the guy who doesn't root for Ohio sick. State over him, the guy who doesn't root for Xavier over him, sick. the talent himself, Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Also, thank you to Goldhorn Brewing and Lumberjane Beer. Shout out to 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Peace.